Welcome to On Air, the CFM podcast. For over 50 years, CFM Distributors has been your leading HVACR wholesale distributor in the Midwest. In this HVACR podcast, you'll hear from employee owners of CFM Distributors who will provide you with stories, experiences, resources, and ideas to better your business. You can find more information and episodes on our website at cfmdistributors.com or email us at info at cfmkc.com. Hi, everybody. This is Kathy with CFM Distributors. Today, I am doing a podcast with the HVAC doc, Brandy Wilson. And we're going to be talking about uh, fall cleaning checks. So uh, I'd like to introduce to you guys Brandy Wilson. Brandy, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi. Uh, yes, uh, my name is Brandy Wilson. My company is the HVAC doc, and I... Uh, work in the metropolitan area of Kansas City. Good deal. And so what we're going to do today, again, is we're going to talk about maintenance, basically maintenance agreements, cleaning checks. Uh, we're not going to talk about the spring cleaning checks because that's gone, but we will be talking about fall slash winter cleaning checks um, or maintenance agreements, however you want to put that, and the importance of them. So with that said, I'm going to let Brandy uh, just kind of explain how she goes about, get, you know, um, what I want to say, how she goes about getting cleaning checks for her systems, whether it be a new install or something that she's just working on. So take it away, Brandy. Uh, yes. Okay. So uh, when I sell a new system, I do offer the maintenance after uh, after the system's been f installed for a full year, then I will offer to do the tune-ups um, after after the year. So one in the spring, summer for summer, and then one in the fall for fall and winter. Um, so uh, would you like me to go into what all I do in the yeah. tune-up? Or good question. I, I think that's a, it's really important and. Um, yeah, and, and what, why, let's do, first of all, let's see, why are they so important? Uh, well, um, a lot can happen um, in the off-season of not using your furnace. Um, you know, it, it doesn't get used other than the blower itself will be used during the cooling season, but um, some things uh, happen over, you know, just a period of sitting and not doing anything. Um, uh, so... Sometimes the motors won't start up. Um, certain things will need to be cleaned and checked uh, just to make sure that everything's running properly. Right. And would you agree that, you know, summer's over. You've done your spring clean and check. Summer's over. Um, the unit's been working just as hard as if it was, if it was you know, using gas and, and blowing hot air. And probably pretty filthy. At the uh, end of at the end of the summer, I would. I mean, that's that's what I would think, but maybe you have a different opinion. Uh, yeah. Uh, well. Um, yeah. Every when you, you use the furnace, it's drawing in. Um, 
It's drawing combustion air, so it's either pulling in air from the room that it sits in, or if it's a it's a high efficiency furnace and it has a, an intake, then it will draw outside air um, as the intake air. So yes, that air obviously is dirty; it's not filtered, and and, those... and just pollens and dust from the summer and everything doors opening, you know, closing in your house if you don't have some type of indoor air quality, which we'll, we'll touch briefly on that um, at, towards the end of this. But um, yeah, I, I just, I think it's important to, to realize how dirty that the system is when you're, when you do get out there. Now, do you, do you vacuum the blowers when, when you're out there? I vacuum. Sometimes I use, it's kind of funny, but I use a paintbrush to kind of um, clean off like any cobwebs on uh, the circuit board or any electrical components. Um, I do use a vacuum. Sometimes I'll take a wet rag and kind of wipe things off. Or you can use um, something, well, you can use like maybe some nitrogen under pressure and kind of blow things out like within the burners themselves. Oh, cool. So Awesome. Yeah. Good. good. I, I mean, yeah, I've never been out on a clean and check. I, I tell people to sell them all the time, but silly me, I've never... Never been out on one, so thanks for the education. Um, why don't we let's go over a couple of points, like what what you do when you're when you're doing your fall clean and check. Sure. Uh, let's see. Uh, well, the probably the one of the very first things I check is the filter. Um, uh, sometimes you know I'll ask my customers if they've changed their, their filter recently and. Uh, sometimes they'll say, you know, yes. Uh, some people will say, well, it's been a while. It's probably time. So, you know. And can that get into maybe a year it's been uh, or Some people two years? don't, maybe don't even know that they have a filter. So uh, that could get kind I have, of. I've heard that before. Kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, but that's the one of the first things I check is to make sure that I have a clean filter because um, when you are checking your temperature rise and you will have a. Uh, you'll have a set, um, you'll have a range of where your temperature rise should be, and that's going to be the return air um, versus the supply air. That It's the difference of the two that gives you your temperature rise. And on the furnaces, each furnace has its own um, scale or range that it should be within, within. So if you have a dirty filter and you're checking temperature rise, your, your temperature rise could be a lot higher um, if, uh, if you have a dirty filter. So okay. you want to make sure you have a clean filter before you even check your temperature rise. So that's one of the first things I check. Um, now when, if you have a dirty filter in the winter, is it just as bad as having a dirty filter in the summer? Yes. Because will it, 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 it will shut your furnace down too on maybe a, a pressure switch? Or something? Uh, I don't know. I'm just asking. It's typically going to be the uh, limit switch, the amount of heat that is within the heat exchanger that will, if you, you know, you've got a lack of return air or a restriction across that heat exchanger, then it will create uh, a much more heat than should be. So your, uh, your switch or your safety on the furnace may open up if if there's if the dirt if the filter's too dirty okay so i i did not know that i did not know that so uh other things you might cover when you're uh let's see i uh so checking some of the safeties i do i do that i do want to make sure that i have a good working limit switch obviously we don't want to um we don't want to cause a fire or 
anything like that. Um, probably the some of the biggest things to check. Um, well, clean clean the burners. You know, make sure they're good and clean. You want your uh, flame to be a nice flame, and you know, not yellow, not orange. Um, hmm. So that's important. Um, let's see. I also check. Uh, do you do a heat exchanger? Uh, check or is that something I separate? do? I do two different checks. Uh, I have a, a camera that I will snake down inside of there to check for any cracks or holes. Um, Where do you get such a camera? Uh, well, you can get one of those right here at CFM, actually. That was a shameless plug. <laughs> Continue, Brandy. Um, Let's see. So I check vis- uh, visually with the camera, and then uh, while I'm checking the operation of the furnace, um, I'll check for uh, with a carbon monoxide detector uh, the parts per million uh, in the home. Just where do you around. get another? Where do you get that, Brandy? I also get that from. I've gotten that from CFM. So amazing. <laughs> So uh, those are very important. Um, you know, yesterday, literally just yesterday, I was on a call. It was a no-heat call, um, and uh, they had uh, their uh, um, their pressure switch wouldn't close on the furnace because it was kind of clogged up on the induced draft motor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as I was further inspecting, the uh, flue pipe goes into a, it's piped into a chimney uh-huh. out that way, and... It was so plugged up, and there was like probably a good foot-long section of pipe that was completely busted through, rusted out. So that's a safety issue. Had I not been there, they would have had serious carbon monoxide in their homes. Wow. Yeah. And what was when you told them that? I'm sure you told them that. What was their reaction? Uh, Oh my God! Like. (laughs) She's a lifesaver. We could have died. So, yeah. yeah. So important in the wintertime. It is serious. Besides the, the hole in the pipe rusted through, you've seen other applications where maybe, I don't know, a roofer or something I've heard about. Yes. Um, I've been to, uh, been, on, been to homes where they were um, doing, getting a new roof. Um, and, of course, they'll, what they'll do is they'll cover up the uh, chimney or, you know, the flue pipe and... Um, they'll either forget to take it off, um, and then when you know the, the homeowner goes to turn their furnace on, they can't get their furnace to come on. And you know, going out to it, you find that uh, it, it's it's it won't turn on because the safety won't allow it to turn on. There's no way for that exhaust to escape through the roof. So wow. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of different scenarios of you know. Yeah. I've also heard, and this this gets more into the winter. Well, it's into the winter when it starts to snow. Is your your uh, your your inlet and outlet combustion air outside the house when it's lower to the house? It, it, snow drifts can actually cause your furnace to shut down if they cover that. Is that correct? Absolutely. Which is yeah, why it's important that when it's installed that it's. I I want to say it has to be at least a foot above. The ground just in case of um, snowdrift. Snowdrift, yeah. Wow. So you want to make sure that that's yeah. If, if it's a ninety plus ninety five percent efficient furnace and it's piped out through the sidewall of the house, you you definitely need to make sure that it's free of, of any obstructions. So so on your fall cleaning checks, do you do you check that? 
Yes. On 90% that, that everything's clear and clean? Yes. I check to make sure that it's drafting properly and uh, that there's no obstructions. I mean, I've seen, um, I've seen wasp nests built inside of there, too, so there's that. Um, birds sometimes can get in there and build a nest. And, and people, people will say, you know, they don't believe that any little clog in that pipe can, can affect the air coming in and out, but it really does. I mean, Absolutely. a little teeny wasp nest that's the size of a quarter can affect that, correct? Absolutely. Well, and yeah, the, um, the pressure switch, you know, it, it has to prove enough pressure to close. Uh, so if it's, yeah, if there's any kind Starving. of obstruction in there, then it will, won't allow that pressure switch to close, which is a good thing. You don't want it to close. You don't want to, you know, um, possibly have carbon monoxide building up yeah. in your house. Yeah. So, very important. Okay. Let's uh, let's see. When you're when you're on your cleaning checks, do you check the thermostats and and I know you talked about the blower and and all that, but like I do. Um, uh, well, on. Some of those older thermostats uh, used to be a. Um, oh gosh, it's gonna. I'm gonna. I'm drawing a blank. Um, <laughs> but uh, it used to be a, a heat anticipator that you could set on it to anticipate uh, when the temperature gets to a certain temperature um, or set point. Um, it because the blower will blow an additional 90 to 120 seconds later that heat anticipator will anticipate that it will it, it shut actually shuts down sooner because it knows that it'll blow an additional 90 to 120 seconds to blow off that residual heat off the heat exchanger so sometimes you can um you can adjust the heat anticipation on those older thermostats okay and then on the on the digital uh digital thermostats um you'll want to check uh, actual temperature in the room versus what it says the actual temperature is on the thermostat, and you can adjust that too. Okay, so. cool, cool, real cool, super yeah. cool, the coolest. Yeah. So um, I'm looking at your at, at this checklist over here. It says so we've definitely uh, you know check and adjust the thermostat. That's important. Uh, temperature rise, which is what I was talking about earlier. You want a clean filter. Right. Want to make sure your temperature rise is within range. And if it's not, let's just say you do have a clean filter and it's still a little on the high side or on the low side, you will you can um, you can maybe um, adjust your blower speeds too. Oh, okay. If you need uh, if you need a higher temperature rise, then you can increase possibly the temp the uh, speed of your fan. Okay. You know, I did I get that right? Fan speed. Yeah. Yeah. Lower Something speed. Like that. Lower or higher, depending on what you need. Obviously, right. a slower fan speed is going to give you hotter air, and a faster fan fan speed is going to give you cooler air. Yeah. Okay. What else you got? Let's see. Um, checking uh, gas pressure. So that is important mm -hmm. because that's going to affect how your how cleanly your burners burn. Um, so you want to check your gas pressure. Um, on the inlet side, you want to make sure that you have enough pressure coming into the furnace, and then on the manifold side or the outlet side of the of the gas valve, um, if it's natural gas, it should be roughly three three point five uh, inches of water column okay. um, for that. So that's important. Sometimes it doesn't always get checked, um, 
coming out of the factory. So it's good to just check those periodically. Always, I would agree. Yeah. You, you think the factory, it's not a set, you know, on new installations, it's never a set and forget. Right. And, and we see that all the time. But yeah, that's really good to know. Uh, oh, checking it. voltage and amperage on your motors, and um, that, that's important. Um, Why is that important? Well, because if you've got uh, you've got an imbalance in your voltage, that's going to affect how your motor runs, and potentially um, it could it could take your you know prematurely destroy your your motors on oh, your furnace. Okay. So that's important to do that. Um, there is an allowance if you're working with, you know, uh, single phase equipment. You've got a 10% allowance, um, and if it's three phase, then you've got, I want to say, a 3% allowance. Only you would so know that. So your voltage should be within plus or minus 10% of that for for single phase, and then 3% for very interesting three phase. Very interesting. <clears throat> so uh, yeah. Oh, and it. Uh, I always make sure that my furnace starts and stops at the thermostat because you can, you know, you can bypass all that while you're working on it in front of you, but you have to make sure that. So is that kind of the last thing you do? Is, yeah. is run a cycle? You want to cycle it on and off at the thermostat. And how, how many times do you do that before you leave the house? Uh, a couple, two or three times. Okay. Yeah. Just okay. to make sure. Cool. Yep. So when you leave, you know it's running properly and hopefully there's no issues down the road correct yeah there are going to be uh some things that you can control obviously you know it's mechanical anything can happen but um it's good to have your cleaning checks done you can prevent some some things from breaking down you can pre prevent costly breakdowns correct yeah because these products are not getting any less expensive that's right <laughs> one other item um, i forgot to mention is the flame sensor you want to make sure that you're Flame sensor is clean, which I use. Um, I clean mine every time. It's just one of the things I do on my clean and checks. And what does a flame sensor do? Because I've heard that's that is a very important piece because it can that little that little piece yes. can stop your furnace from working. Correct. Yeah. If it can't prove a flame is present, then it 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 sends a, a signal back to the gas valve to. Turn the gas off. You don't want that gas to just continue to build up in the room. Wow. So, so the the flame sensing rod has should be cleaned, um, should be checked to make sure that it is proving flame. So, cool. And I clean those with steel wool. You don't want to use sandpaper or anything. No, That's I've actually heard a long too. time ago on on some York flame sensors, and I'm talking maybe 20 years ago, that they used to say clean them with a dollar bill. Really? Because the dollar bill had just enough. But not too much. Not too rough. Friction, yeah. I want to say, or whatever it is. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I guess to each their own. Well, I wouldn't want to tear my dollar bill, though, because, I mean, that... Yeah, because it's a dollar. It's a dollar, I mean. And you just earned that dollar. <laughs> wow. That's right. <laughs> well, to, let's let's kind of finish up here. I have a question. Uh, what is What are some of the more common questions that um, your homeowners are asking when you're... Uh, when you're when you arrive, or you know, because I know you go in and you don't just go. I'm here to do it. Let me go downstairs, you know, and you're done. I know you you ask some questions on on something, but what I like, do like right now with COVID and everything that's going on, and people being so careful. I know you use a mask when you're in the house, absolutely, and shoebies and stuff. But yes. when you get in there, 
are people asking you about any anything that that has to do with COVID? Uh, yes, a lot of my customers are um, asking about, and not necessarily about COVID, but just you know breathing cleaner air. They want to know, you know, they some people have severe allergies, other people have, you know, maybe have pets, and um, they want to keep their air clean. So they'll um, ask me about any products that. Um, that could be installed for, you know, cleaner air and uh, Interesting. stuff like that. Interesting. So. Yeah, it, um, a lot of myself and a lot of my friends are complaining really bad, like when the, even within just the last week about allergies and runny noses. And, you know, right now we've got, and, and I can look out the window here at CFM right this second and see the haze in the air from the mm. Colorado, California fires. Yes. And that's, you know, that's huge in itself for people with asthma and stuff. So uh, indoor air quality, um, what are some of the products that, that you might offer as far, and I'm talking about um, UV lights or, or better filtration or some of the newer uh, air cleaners that are out? I do. Um, I, well, first, when I, you know, when I check the filters, I want to make sure that they're using a good pleated filter, um, uh, not something, you know, not one of those cheap, little 50 cent with the round holes in it. Yeah, we we don't like those. So (laughs) we don't like those fiberglass filters. So uh, a good pleated filter, um, especially if you've got uh, allergies and such, you want to, you will want to, um, you know, up your MERV rating. And and, uh, then um, I also offer an iWave R, which is a UV, uh, it's a device that uh, is installed um, on the system or in the ductwork, and it cleans and uh, disinfects the air and kills oh. bacteria, molds. Brandy's going to be a little shy here, but uh, Brandy actually um, installed an iWave R at my mother's house, and she absolutely loves it. And my mom was concerned. My mother is 79 years old, and... Um, there's also a baby living in the house. It's not my mom's baby. <laughs> Wait well, a minute. Are you sure? Oh, did she tell you it was? <laughs> <laughs> but, so um, with the kids' allergies and, and my mom being older and COVID and everything, uh, Brandy installed an iWave R, and the, and that's the iWave. It's for residential applications. And that the, the iWave R, just briefly, is proven to kill 99.4% of the COVID virus. And that's a really hot hot item out on the market right now, along with ultra UV lights and and some of the other things. But as far as I know, and somebody can you know argue this with me, I, I I'm not sure, but I believe the iWave R is the only one that kills 99.4 percent of the COVID virus within 30 minutes. Within 30 minutes. I'll edit that. Okay. So I like, and I also, I like the fact that, um, I, I like the UV lights as well. However, I like the fact that there aren't any quote unquote replaceable parts on this because, you know, some people get, you know, they, it, they spend quite a bit of money for the device up front and then they'll have to later replace those lights. Right. And that's and, costly. And it's very, it, it is, it's expensive, um, which, it's, you know, well, it's, worth it's, it. it's an investment in your health and your safety and all that. Um, but the iWave are, I love in particular because it doesn't have any 
any replaceable parts. Right, and so, I believe it has a three-year warranty. I love that. Which is totally amazing. Here's a scenario. You got you, and you probably have a customer. I know you have a customer that has rental houses. Absolutely. And so when you go into that rental house and you're, you know, you're servicing it, and, you're, and your your customer is actually asking you to go to that address and do this. And so when you're in there and the person that's renting it has allergies or something, you know, and you're bringing this up, you know, you can you can uh, sell you can give get them an I wave R because. They can they can take it with them. Absolutely, it can go anywhere. It's not it's it's not something that um, you have to cut into the ductwork and install it, and, and it's a permanent fixture. It just it's magnetic on the bottom. It literally attaches itself to the sheet metal, and it I mean it's 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 pretty amazing how easy it is to install and uninstall. And like you said, you can take it with you when you go. Right, but you would always want a professional licensed contractor to do this wiring. Oh, because absolutely. There, there's, there's electricity involved. And, and a lot of people, you know, I, I tell I tell some of my contractors, you know, your time is so worth it because on a gas furnace, that's gas. That can kill people. Everything you deal with, you have gas, you have electricity, and people should not, the common person, myself included, should not be messing with those things. I, I can kill myself. That's yeah. a little drastic, but it is true that these things are dangerous and should be done by a licensed contractor, wouldn't you? Absolutely. You say? And Absolutely. You're, you have your master mechanical, is that correct? Yes, I do. And all your licensing in the town that you're from? Yes, I do. Good job. I know. Well, you know. It's kind what of contractors we want, right? <laughs> well, I want to say thank you to Brandy for coming and, and spending your time with me. Kathy, thank you for having me today. Who's it's been a pleasure. Kathy that you're speaking of? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening today. You can tune in each Tuesday right here for new episodes. If you'd like more information, visit CFM's website at cfmdistributors.com or email us at info at cfmkc.com.